Hello, Hot Vibes. And welcome back to Sense8, Episode 8. We will all be judged by the courage of our hearts. Any fun revelations about this episode? So I watched this earlier in the week, so I kind of forget a bit. Uh, okay. I, I, I did like the whole, like, um, the Nomi helping out scene. I really like that. that. That was fun. I love that scene. That was a great scene. Honestly, that, that's because that's one of the first times you see, like, all the Sensei's kind of, like, more than two, at least, help each other out. Yeah. And it's crazy how cool that is. Like, the choreography to it and just the way it was planned out. So awesome. But I love that scene. No, I, I did too, yeah. Um, so how was your week this week? Any fun things happen? Not necessarily. I think I just, like, filmed a bunch and edited. <laughs> I think that's it, to be honest with you. I'm trying to think of other things. That, like, oh, well, when I was, um, while I was filming, I filmed yesterday. No, two days ago. Two days ago, I filmed, um, a guide reaction and, like, a every single music video reaction for the group P1 Harmony. I'm like obsessed now, dude. Ooh. I'm like upset. I have a, n- a new group that I'm going to stand. Nice. Um, every single song is good. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like every, there was not a one flop. And apparently what I'm going to watch on my Patreon next week is uh, they have a movie, like a whole movie, like a really well-made entire movie that was like aired when they debuted or like shown or they released it when they debuted because it has to do with their lore they have a whole movie for their lore like is it like a documentary type thing or is it like a no a movie like a full movie oh interesting <laughs> i was like really a movie they were like yeah dude watch it i was like okay so i'm gonna figure out where to watch that movie and then watch it but like that's great there's like a, pen- a bunch of like big korean actors in it as well it's like a whole thing wow. so I was like, that's nuts. I feel like uh, 80s need a movie for their lore. Because it's kind of insane. <laughs> um, Gosh, what else happened this week? Oh, it was really cute. It was my cousin came over yesterday. And I think, how old is she? She's like six or seven, something like that. And I just like put, uh, like I-, I was on YouTube and she was like, what's save one, drop one? And it's like the K-pop save one, drop one, where you like save a song and drop a song. Like mm. they give you two choices. And I was like, oh yeah, let's turn that on. And she was like, let's do another one, and another one, and another. I was like, oh, she really likes Save One Drop. Okay. So, yay, I'm creating tiny K-pop stands. <laughs> um, other than that, I, I'm pretty sure nothing else happened this week. I th- I went to work. That's about it. Um, yeah, nothing happened this week other than that. So, what hmm. about you? <laughs> um, I got my hair cut yesterday, so that's something. Yay, I have to plan mine, because it's getting bad. Yeah. Um, what? Oh! So you know how I've been having squirrel incidences in the past? <laughs> yes, why? This week, it wasn't squirrels this time. Oh, thank God we've changed. We've changed it up. A little bit, yeah. Um, So I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday? Whatever day mm. it was during the week. As I was walking to work, there was this yard, that's like a big yard, filled with birds. Dude, birds here too. I was just gonna say. <sighs> like, I'm talking, like, they were all on the yard where, like, you can even see the grass because there were so many birds on the ground. I was like, what the fuck? I think the world is gonna end. That's my theory. I'm pretty sure the world is gonna end because yeah. weird things are happening, man. I'm telling you, when I was coming home from work, it, this happened twice, like, in, in succession. Like, it happened on, I think, Wednesday and Thursday when I was coming home from work. But in the same spot, I noticed, like, a, the largest trail of birds in the sky I have ever seen. And they just kept coming. 
they were just like it was like group a group of birds just kept it was like they were being regenerated by like a machine or something they just kept going across the sky i was like is are we gonna die <laughs> so weird are they leaving because we're gonna die <laughs> maybe they're going weird, man. like south for the winter or something that's what my mom was like it's not winter though is it <laughs> i mean it's winter now it's the end of winter now <laughs> i mean yeah maybe they're going to get i don't know <laughs> that so that was my one weird encounter with animals mm. and then on the way back that same day i'm walking down a street and it's like it's right off the main like street so it's kind of like more like darker and more like like houses and shit less car than you know business and all that shit and mm. i'm walking and i go on my phone and i'm like i listen to music or whatever and i do whatever and i put my phone back in my pocket and in front of me coming towards me is a little a white dog what? And behind it is a coyote. Oh, good God. <laughs> Save the dog. Oh, no. I, I, it didn't look like it was chasing the dog, though. It was kind of just like, because the little white dog was kind of like running a little bit. And the coyote behind it was just like leisurely walking behind it. It wasn't like chasing after the eat or anything. It was just like leisurely walking. It's like, da da da. It's like, my own Did you not save the dog? What? <laughs> Did you not save the dog? <laughs> no. <gasps> What did you want me to do? It's a fucking coyote. All I, look, all I did was I just took one step off the sidewalk into the grass pit and they just walked right by me. I'm telling you that dog's probably dead now. <laughs> well, what did you want me to do? Pick up the dog. <laughs> and then what would the coyote do? Not, just walk away from the coyote. I don't know. Just be like, ah, fuck you. you know, I'm bigger. You know? No, coyotes will attack. My good friend, I grew up in California where there was a coyote outside every night. I know. But like, you got, you're bigger than the coyote. What I was taught when I was young is go like this and you're good. Look, look, but, 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 but these are Eastern coyotes, okay? Like, you know, this is the East Coast coyote. They are different. I literally looked this up one night because I was walking around the marshy area and I'm like, what do I do if a coyote comes out? And it says like, just like stay still and don't like try to make any like contact with it because it will attack you. If you make any loud noises no. or you start like running towards or whatever or like running away, fast movement, it will start chasing you. What? No, don't run away. That's a very bad idea. You got to make yourself look bigger and make That's loud noises. Grab like a pole. No, it's not for bears because bears are bigger than you, aren't they? <laughs> well, not if it's like on the ground. It's if it's like a little oh bear. My. <laughs> if it's a little bear, that wouldn't really be a problem, would it? <laughs> well, I didn't they have sharp teeth, maybe. I don't know. No, as a, okay, as someone else who grew up in California with bears, um, bears don't 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 go near bears. If there's a bear, just like back away slowly. That's what you do. But if there's a coyote, make yourself look bigger because you are bigger, and take like a a thing or like make a loud noise, like hit the ground. You know, no, you're not supposed to do that. You are supposed to do that, <laughs> mom. Hang on, no, I'm making this up. Okay, I'm asking my mom. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, wait. No, you are right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, make yourself look bigger and scared. See, okay. See, I, I, I see. I misremembered that. I thought it was the opposite, where, like, if you do those things, it will attack. I'm right, right? Yeah, no, I I'm didn't right. look at, See, I got confused where I thought it was, like, the, the other way around, where, like, if you do those things, it will attack. Yeah, no. no. I... Honestly, I was getting home from work. I, honestly, I'm, I, I didn't really care about the dog or the coyote. I kind of just like stepped aside, let it walk by, and then continued walking. That poor dog is probably gone now. 
I mean, it didn't look like it was. It kind of looked like it was following it. Like it wasn't funny. That's what coyotes do. They don't like run after things. Really, they just kind of like stop. The white dog didn't seem like scared or anything. Like there were times where like it was like smaller, so it was faster, and it would keep running. Then like at times it would like stop and turn around, like wait for that coyote to catch up. If it's a white dog, it's probably stays inside a lot of the time, so it probably sees that and go. Oh, is that scary? I'm not sure. I'm just gonna walk away. So well, it probably uh, doesn't fully know. Okay, so there was also <laughs> a moment where I thought that 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 coyote was also just a big husky dog or something, and that um and that there was like maybe an owner nearby, but there wasn't, and so I didn't want to like engage if there was like an oat. So I was kind of just like, you know what? I'm just gonna leave this to nature. Billy let a dog die. <laughs> Actually, let a dog no, die. I didn't because I remember I turned around and I saw the dog cross the street, and that coyote didn't. Well, I'm really hoping that dog's alive for your sake. <laughs> I don't care. It's not my dog. That makes me so upset. I can't believe look, it. Look, I'm not a dumbass who let their dog out with coyotes around. Like, I don't know who was in charge of that, but they fucked up. Okay? It was funny because, like, I had the complete opposite reaction once. There wasn't a coyote there, but there was a dog. And it was just, like, running along the street by itself when I was on my way to school. And I went, oh, my gosh, Mom, a dog. And so we stopped the car, opened the door, and I picked up the dog. And we got back in the car. And I was like, are you okay? And I was, like, making sure the dog was good. My mom dropped me off at school. She took the dog to the vet. And they were like, there's no chip here. There's no owner here. Nothing's going on. So we were like, okay, we'll take the dog home. So we took the dog home. And we had another dog for about a week. She kept jumping on our counters. It was kind of crazy. So my mom had to give her away because she was being a little crazy. And we gave her to friends. Uh, and they had a nice big farm, and they said she was very happy until the day she died. Okay. So, lesson here, folks. If you see a dog walking on by itself without their owner, please pick it up. Uh, so, today we're talking about Sensei Episode 8. We will all be judged by the courage of our hearts. What a line. So, we start off with Nomi. After the end of last episode, where they witnessed some yeah. traumatic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Nomi and Amanita are sitting on a rooftop. They're watching the sunrise over San Francisco. And Nomi asks Amanita if she's ever had that feeling where you're watching a movie, you're at the movie theaters, you're watching a movie, and everyone seem- around you is laughing at whatever's happening on the screen, but you just don't get it. Yes. You don't get the joke. And Amanita says, yeah, all the time. And she says that that's how she's feeling right now, because she's looking over at the beautiful sunrise and the city before them, and she's wondering how on earth something horrible just happened last night and it feels like everything has just kept moving forward and they both agree that it just doesn't seem right so they've gone through some very traumatic stuff over the last night and are still coping with that and then we move to Kala who's actually experiencing something that Nomi kind of just talked about she's at the movie theaters with her family yes yes and she's crying the whole Oh, she's crying. The whole crowd is laughing. They're having a great time. It's very comedic stuff happening on the screen, but Kala's sobbing. She's yeah. got tears coming out of her eyes. It's because we flash for a second over to Berlin, where Wolfgang is sitting next to an unconscious Felix in the hospital. So he's alive. I See, I, I totally thought he was dead. He got, like, shot in the chest and, like, you know, thrown back. All the, Like, I, I was sure he was dead. It was pretty bad, and I, I thought he was dead, too, but he's okay-ish. Sort of. He, he, ish, yeah. He, he's very unconscious he could be in a coma not sure uh but we do know that it looks kind of dire he's on a ventilator kala's mother looks over at her as she's laughing and she notices that she's crying she asks if she's okay and kala says i'm gonna go to the bathroom for a second and take a breather because obviously something's wrong 
And when she goes into the bathroom in the mirror, she sees Wolfgang sitting behind her. And when she turns around, she's in Berlin in the hospital room. And she's like, oh, my God, what happened to him? Because she, she's just as worried as he is. She can feel it. And he says that it was his fault because he wanted to change something that can't be changed, which is the past. And I think this is because, partly because of the, the safe. He wanted to crack the safe mm. that his father couldn't crack. That was one of the reasons he wanted to do this job in the first place. And it's led to this. Not good. So he believes it's his fault. Which it's not, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> like, like stealing things, obviously not great. But like in this, in the business, let's let's make this like you know, in their job, in their line of work. It's not his fault, obviously, because his cousin is the one who shot him. It's just, yeah. it's just business. Now we go over to Lito. I'm very interested to hear what you think about this whole storyline. We'll get there. Because, okay, okay. Um, Lito and Hernando are sleeping, but Lito's woken up by his phone. His phone is ringing. So he picks it up and he hears Danny on the other end. He asks where she is and both of them sit up because Hernando realizes it's Danny too. So they're sitting up there worried about her and they're asking where she is. And she says, it's okay. I got my phone back and everything's fixed now. Don't worry. Everything's good. And Hernando asks if she's coming back. So I ask her, is she, is she going to be coming back? And she says, I got to go. I better go. So she doesn't really answer. And Hernando asks Lito um, what's going on because he can't hear anything on the phone. And Lito tells Hernando that Danny said that everything's fine, that she fixed it. She got her phone back. So we should be good. And Hernando's not really worried about, you know, everything else going on. He He's like, but is she okay? Because he's worried about Daniela. Like, he, they obviously do care about her, especially Hernando. And he asks if Danny is still with Joaquin. And Lito says that he doesn't know because she didn't say. She just said that she fixed it. I'll be honest. At first, I thought she killed him. Oh, dude, that would have been sick. I the the, the way she like whisper and trying to be like, hey, I can't really talk right now. Like, I, like it's, it, it, I would like, does she fucking murder him? Like, holy shit. <laughs> be like, yeah, Danny. <laughs> she killed him. No, no, she didn't kill him. No, she didn't. Uh, <laughs> she definitely didn't kill him, but that would have been sick. Um... So Lito reassures Hernando that this is good news because, you know, we're, we're safe from the blackmail. We're safe from the pictures because she got the phone back. But Hernando's more concerned about Danny and her status and if she's going to be okay. So now over with Caffius, he shows up to Jella's house carrying beer because he, the last time we saw him <laughs> was when Caffius chopped off, or not Caffius, Silas chopped off someone else's hands. True. So little, little traumatizing. Um, so he walks over to the front yard and he hears Jella and his wife arguing inside while the kids are sitting outside, coloring, doing what have you. Um, and so he knocks on the door and she shows up at the door and he asks if Jella's inside and she just goes, fuck you. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's good to see you too, Elena. You're looking beautiful. <laughs> so this relationship is kind of funny. And... She goes inside and she says, motherfuckers outside. And he's like, you need to stop calling all my friends motherfuckers because I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> and he shows up at the door. He's like, oh, it's this motherfucker. <laughs> and he offers Jella some beer. They go and sit outside. They make a toast. And Caffius asks him why him and Elena are not getting along. Because he gave them some money, so they shouldn't be having that many money troubles. And 
Jella says that she hates him being home so much. And honestly, he doesn't like it either because he needs to be out. He needs to be free. And being cooped up inside is not good for him. Mm. So it's kind of testing their relationship a little bit. And Cavius tells them that maybe it's time to go back to work because Silas, he doesn't want to, he, he doesn't think he wants to be involved with whatever's going on there anymore. So he hasn't told him yet because he's kind of worried about telling him, but he's going to quit and not really work with Silas anymore. So Jell is like, this is great news. Elena, I'm going back to work. And she's like, really? He's like, yes, light of my life. So they're like super happy again. Yeah. No arguing. <laughs> now that she's, now that she knows he's going back to work, she's ecstatic. And we cut to, we see someone from obviously the superpower gang, but like, we don't know yet. We kind of know, but someone's watching them from afar. <laughs> and they seem to be not a nice person. Now with Sun, uh, Sun is still trying to sew and she keeps messing up her sewing. And Sujin turns around to help her. And Sun's worried that she's never gonna, really going to get to go outside because she keeps helping her. She's like, if you keep turning around to help me, you're never going to get to go outside. You've got to finish your work. And Sujin already says that, you know, I rarely go outside anyway, mm. even though it's a beautiful day outside. And I would love to go outside. I don't really go outside because of the other prisoner that keeps coming up and handing all her work to her and taking all of her finished work. So they see the prisoner in the back start to stand mm. up. It's like, great, here it goes. It's happening again. And Sun asks Sujin, like, if, if, if why this is happening, if it keeps happening. And she says, well, I, I, it's because I work fast. And I did try to work slower once, but that did not go well. Yeah. Obviously, she did not like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so she walks over to her and is about to take her unload her load of finished work, but Sun trips her before she can. Yeah. Queen. I love her so much. And the guard notices and is like, hey, that's not done. Go back to your seat. It's like, yes, we've done it. We've done it. But the prisoner's not very happy about that. Prisoner 818, she's not happy about yeah. that. She looks over at Sun like, I'm gonna fuck. <laughs> but Sun doesn't really seem bothered. She's no, like, she go ahead. Whatever. I, I, I've been threatened by way worse than you. <laughs> and... Sun says, although she was not taught how to sew by her mother, she was taught business by her father. Mm. Second mouse gets the cheese, you know? This is a, a, she knows how to take care of herself. And she, sells, she, she tells Sujin, you know, today, you go outside. She stays and sews. Equal relationship. This should not be happening. You, you go outside. You have fun. You paint. She's got to stay in here because that... Uh, fuck her. <laughs> yeah. Now with Kala and Wolfgang, they're still in the hospital room. And Kala realizes, hey, you guys have known each other a long time. So how did you meet? And we get to see some flashbacks to how Wolfgang and mm. Felix became friends, which yeah. is very cool. I like those. This is very cool. And Wolfgang has a flashback to when he walks into detention. And Felix is just sitting there, cool as a cucumber. He's got a bunch of stuff on the table. Like, this is his domain. And Felix asks his name. And he says, Wolfgang. He's like, who the fuck is called Wolfgang? I'm gonna call you Wolfie. <laughs> and Wolfgang, um, Wolfgang says he's got detention for fighting, which seems pretty cool for Felix. Felix mm. is like, hey, I like that. And back in the present, Wolfgang asks Kala where she was. Uh, and she responds that she was at the movies. And he's like, that makes sense. Felix loves movies. Yeah. So must have connected through that. And... In the flashback, the two are seen watching Conan the Barbarian, which I've never seen. Uh, 
And Felix clearly knows this movie because he's reciting it word for word. So he watches he watches this a lot. And just kind of like um, how Van Damme has an effect on Cathias, Conan the Barbarian kind of has an effect on Felix and Wolfgang mm. because they watched it a lot when they were young and they try to live kind of by how Conan the Barbarian would live. Like, let's fight for our freedoms. Yeah. Things like that. So he has their effect on them. Back with Sun... Sun finishes up her work and goes outside. So she gets to go outside. Yay. Yeah. And she sees all the inmates are just painting on the walls. It's really nice. It's a nice environment. And they're all very good, by the way. Like, I could not paint like that. There's one painting along the back. I was like, damn, that's beautiful. I'm like, <laughs> what? like I feel like they should have made it more, like, bad painting. Because, like, odds are not every single person in prison knows how to paint. But <laughs> whatever. It's lovely. It makes for a beautiful shot. Yeah. And uh, Sujin catches Sun's attention. So she's already outside. She's already been painting. And she says that she's painting her three sisters. And she asks if Sun misses her family. And immediately Sun's like, no. I miss my dog. <laughs> I miss my dog. <laughs> and Sujin invites Sun to paint her dog then. She says that sometimes remembering feels good. Mm. Even though they can't have it right now. It probably gives them some comfort. So Sun takes the paintbrush to start painting. Back with Kala and Wolfgang. Wolfgang is telling Kala that Felix stood by him, even though he was hated as a kid. Because he grew up in East Germany. And his family moved to West Germany after, or West Berlin, after the opening of the Berlin Wall. The tearing down of the Berlin Wall. Uh, which, side note, my aunt has a piece of the Berlin Wall, so I've held it and I've brought it in for like show and tell. Very Ooh, cool. cool. Very cool. And he has a flashback, and we get to see what kind of what his life was like with these bullies. And this group of kids were like, "My dad says we have to pay so much taxes because of your side, and it's you're gonna start paying us back now." So, before the fight, Wolfgang tells Felix, "You gotta go, because this is gonna get ugly, and I don't want you to get caught up in this." And Felix originally does not want to go, but Wolfgang pushes him to leave, so he leaves. And while Wolfgang is getting beat up by these kids, Felix runs back in with a like a pipe or some shit. And yeah. he like starts hitting everyone over the head, beating everyone up. And I'm like, Felix is a ride or die as well. Like Amanita is a ride or die, but Felix is also yeah. very much ride or die for his friend. And they quote Conan the Barbarian. He's got that effect on them. No one will, rem will remember if we are good men or bad. Only that two stood against many. Yes. Great quote. And so they beat everyone up. And <laughs> we cut back to the present. And Kala is shocked. She says that she can't believe that this is his childhood. She's like, this, this was your childhood? All this fighting? And he says that what happened to him and Felix with the kids was nothing compared to what happened with his father. Mm. And we get to see more of how shitty his father was. And it's way worse than... Just him laughing at him during a uh, school singing uh, talent show or anything. It's much worse than that. So we go to this flashback again with his father. And his father is talking about, he says, there's five things that are important in life. Eating, drinking, shitting, fucking, and fighting for more. And for some reason, this maybe because he's drunk. I don't fucking know. He's a dick. He shoves Wolfgang to the floor. Yeah. He's a dick. And uh, Wolfgang's crying obviously because your father just shoved you to the floor and 
as he's crying, he says, I didn't say crying was one of those things. It's like, well, you fucking pushed him, you bastard. <laughs> and as he's like towering over him, maybe about to beat him more, a shadow of a bottle behind him is shown. And Felix just whacks him over the head, breaks a bottle over his head. And he holds his hand out to Wolfgang and quotes Conan again. He's like, let's go. Let's get out of here. And they run off as they're yelling quotes at his father. And their life feels very epic as their kids, even though it's like, it's not epic. It's just sad. But they're treating it as if it's like this battle, this this epic war movie. And I, I love that they're using their imagination a little bit. You know, like they're still trying to act like kids as this horrible stuff is happening mm-hmm. to Wolfgang. And Kala says that she realized Felix would do anything for Wolfgang. And he says he's he says one of my favorite quotes in this show as well. This is a quote that stood with me. He said, he's my brother, and not by something as accidental as blood, but by something much stronger, by choice. I like that. I, I love that quote so much. I think about that quote every day. <laughs> now back with Sun, she's getting to paint. And she's painting her mother, carrying her while Sun is holding ice cream. And Sujin asks her about the painting, and Sun explains that they had ice cream during the spring festival, and she took her all the time. And as they're admiring the painting, suddenly a splash of red just ruins it. It's Prisoner 818, the bitch who kept taking all the clothes. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, fuck you. (laughs) And they kind of exchange insults for a second, and Sun says, like, an awesome quote as well. There's a lot of awesome quotes in this episode. And she says, uh, I don't think I'm better than you, just different. Because she's like, oh, you, I know people like you. You think you're better than me. And she's like, not better, just different. Like, we're, we're all different from each other. And she's like, so you have a smart mouth. And she's like, only if one assumes that a uh, master's in economics constitutes a smart mouth, as opposed to educated. Many educated people are quite stupid. And many stupid people like to start fights for no reason on a truly beautiful day. So let's not ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> and she, so she takes a swing at Sun because she's insulted. And Sun pretty much puts her in an arm lock and shoves her away a little bit going, I don't want to hurt you. <laughs> she's like slowly dodging all these punches because she knows how to fight. And a lot of people kind of, chime in a lot of this prisoner's friends and start trying to fight her she doesn't even look affected by it um and prisoner 818 is getting angry because it's not really working so she takes out a shank and goes to attack sun yeah and she swipes and manages yeah a shift yeah shank a shift whatever what have you Tivid the weapon a shank is what happened like you get shanked oh okay so for prison terms you get shanked with a shiv you get shanked with a sh- See, I don't yeah. know about, much about prison lingo, so thank you. <laughs> I don't either, except for that part. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> well, she manages to slightly shank Sun. She slashes, and yes. she hits her abdomen. And so Sun outmaneuvers her, pins her to the ground with a knee on her head, still not looking that affected. Uh, but then the guards arrive by this time. They should have arrived two seconds earlier. Mm. And they pull them both apart and take Sun somewhere else. So back with Will and Riley, actually with Will and Will and Riley for the first time this episode, they're at his apartment and Will is making coffee. He's preparing to go out to work. And on his way out the door, he sees Riley standing there and he's instantly like, hey, I was worried about you. Are you OK? Because the last time we saw her, 
she was getting choked out by a plastic bag. <laughs> he was like, I was hoping you were okay, like not dead or anything. And she's like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm, I'm back home in Iceland. And so he goes to visit her on her side and she kind of shows him around the room a little bit. And she says that her father used to play piano here and she would sit underneath on a, the rug and color and listen to him while he played mm. piano. And that when she thinks of the word happy, this rug is the first thing that comes to her mind. I love that. Like something as simple as a rug can make you so happy. It makes, oh, I freaking love that. And she tells him about her father. Uh, he's a famous pianist. And she says he's very famous because Icelanders like people who are famous somewhere else and then come back. <laughs> and he sees a, Wolfie sees a framed, uh, Wolfie. Well. Jesus. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Will sees a framed picture of Riley and her mother and says, wow, she's she's beautiful. And Riley says, yeah, she was. So it's like, oh, she's she bad. passed away. And uh, he says, I'm sorry. And she's like, no, it's okay. And as she's talking, uh, Gunnar, her father, is like, are you talking to me? <laughs> and she's like, oh, no, I'm just talking to myself. And so he brings her coffee, which is black with one sugar. And Will's like, oh, my gosh, that's how I take it, too. So... <laughs> That's kind of interesting. I don't even know if that's a sensate thing or just a fun coincidence. Like, I love how some things are left up to the imagination. Mm. Where you get to go, I wonder. I wonder what that has to do with. But Will asks Riley um, why she stayed away for so long. Because this was her home and she seems very happy here. And she hesitates a little and he says, okay, I'm sorry. I asked too many questions. Bad cop habit. And she says that it's okay. It's just a lot of painful things happen here. Mm. Which is another hint as to Something definitely happened to Riley here that we don't know about yet. And now we go back to Sun, who is stuck in solitary confinement. Yes. Uh, even though she didn't start the fight. She was honestly trying not to fight. She was avoiding everything. No, but in prison, it's kind of like whoever the cops come in and see, like, winning the fight, technically, is the yeah. one who is the one who gets in trouble. Yeah, which sucks. You you know a lot about prison. I know. I was going to say, like, why are you so much about prison shit? holy shit damn apparently he's like my dude <laughs> you know quite a bit about prison <laughs> you can be the prison liaison as we talk about this <laughs> okay great yeah i, I, I got you <laughs> so she's sitting in her solitary confinement and one of her cellmates min jung uh visits her brings her her meal and she tells sun that they know what she did for sujin she told us so when she gives her her food she also gives her paintbrush wrapped in a napkin so it obviously she can't do much with it she can't really paint with it but i feel like it's very symbolic in a way that this feels like such an impersonal situation that she's in she's by herself in solitary nothing feels personal mm. and this paintbrush is a little symbol of hope a little something little something to make her feel like she's still human which I love. I love that they thought to give her that, even if she's not able to do anything with it. It's something that will give her some comfort. So back with Will and Riley, they're still walking around chatting with each other. And now she's over at his place and taking a tour around his apartment. And he says, I'm sorry, it's so small. I don't get paid a lot. But Riley's like, no, I really like it. It's cute. And she's very amazed by like the train is passing by. She's yeah. like, how do you even sleep here? And I wouldn't be able to sleep. I might be able to sleep. I'm pretty good at staying asleep. Nothing wakes me up that easily. Unless I'm meant to be waking up. I'm not. I'm a very light sleeper. Are you? <laughs> yeah, my mom... Well, my mom gets up at like four every morning. Um, mm. But on weekends when I try to sleep in, at six, she has to get, wake my dad up 
so they can go mm. grocery shopping. And that always wakes me up. It, wait, do, so they go grocery shopping that early all the time? Yes, to avoid traffic. That's crazy. I could never go grocery shopping that early. I could, actually. I mean, <laughs> I don't like that they do that because, like, after I'm awake and they wake me up from that, I try to go back to sleep, and normally I do. And by the time mm. they come home, they already brought all the groceries in. And so me oh, yeah. and my brother, they, they they don't wake up at, like, noon. So, like, they're always asleep. But, like, so we don't get to, like, help them bring in the groceries. So we're kind of like, don't go so early. Like, go Friday nights instead. That way, at least that way it's like we're all here for the most part. Then but, we like, can help. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I, I I think I'm a heavy sleeper. I mean, in the morning when I'm meant to be waking up, my cat wakes me, wakes me up anyway. Mm. Um, But in the middle of the night, I'm pretty good at staying asleep. <laughs> like, I think that's because growing up in California, there were, like, quite a few earthquakes that would happen, and I got used to sleeping through them. Because mm. I'm not good at feeling earthquakes. I got really mad for a while because everyone was like, did you feel that? I'm like, no, <laughs> I never do. <laughs> and they would happen in the middle of the night sometimes. And my mom would like wake up and be like, oh my gosh, there's an earthquake. And I was like, I didn't feel anything. <laughs> I was asleep, man. Um, maybe that's why. I don't even know. But where was I? <laughs> We're talking about earthquakes now. Um, oh, yeah. So Will visits Riley and sees more of her like landscape as she's she saw his train. He's looking out her place and she has like seems like a lake, the ocean, what have you. Probably yeah, the ocean. Kind of marshy a little bit. Yeah, out her window. It's very very pretty. And he says, Yeah, you could show me around uh show me around Reykjavik. I could show you around Chicago before you even get here. And you could show me around Reykjavik. You can even show me the volcano that no one can pronounce. And she very easily pronounces this volcano's name, which I don't want to butcher. Eh yeah. <laughs> no, that's not it. Is it not it? <laughs> I don't think so, no. I want to find it now. What the hell am I even saying this? Um, it might be. I'm, I, I mean, I know I know. I didn't say it well. But it might be close. <laughs> yeah, it's spelled E-Y-J-A-F-J-A-L-L-A-J. O with the two dots above it, K U L L. So, I I get the first part when when this guy says it. I I hear the first part, but not the second part. Ages. Ages. I'm watching a video. I decided. Yeah. No, that's no. No. I'm get. I got the first part down. I have the first part down. I, I, I'm getting there. But she's... Yeah, she pronounced it with no issue. Yeah, she pronounced it with no issue. Uh, and Will immediately goes, God bless you. <laughs> so that sounds like she's sneezed. Uh, and so they're watching the train out the window. That she's like, ooh, how do you sleep? Um, and he goes to stand next to her and he accidentally places his hand right next to hers. And they're kind of feeling hands a little bit. Their pinkies are touching. It's 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 cute. And gravity chimes in, as in, like, we are, we talked about with uh, Kala and Wolfgang. They were talking about gravity and things like that. And gravity pulls them in, mm. and they kiss. And they're cute, and they're making out. And as they're making out, <laughs> Diego walks in, <laughs> and he what sees Will... What the fuck Will, are you doing? <laughs> he sees Will making out with the air. <laughs> and he says something that I quote almost daily. The fuck you doing, Gorski? <laughs> 
he says it's so it's his comedic timing is so good but I, like i every time i'm doing something and i do something wrong i just go the fuck are you doing Gorski? <laughs> it's like a daily thing for me but i love that quote it's so funny and will suddenly like um no idea <laughs> whoops and <laughs> they move on with their day um but back with Kala, she's with the wedding planners again. And so mm. they're trying to get this wedding started up again. And the planners are saying, oh, the, the horoscope is even better for the new wedding day. I mean, it was good last time, but it's even better now. The gods clearly wanted it this way. And Menendra, Rajan's father, is not looking like too convinced by that. He's like, yeah, whatever. And the planners mentioned that Kala wants to use the Temple of Ganesha on her wedding. And she says that she's always felt a closeness to Ganesha since she was young, which we saw through that flashback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that mimics what she says in this quote, which is, he sees through my eyes and I see through his. Because she literally did yes. see through his eyes. Which is very cool. That That's like a continued thought in her in her heart. Now with Caffius the next day, he's at home, woken up by the smell of his mother's cooking. And he says that he doesn't remember the last time he, sm- he smelled... Ugh, I don't want to butcher this either. Sukuma Wiki and Ugali. Not the maybe, sure. maybe that's fine. Sure. Though the, those two dishes. Um, he can't remember the last time he smelled. Woke up smelling those. Uh, and she says that she's getting better from the medicine, and so she's able to get up and cook more and do more things around the house. And that makes him a little worried because he says he's happy to see her cooking again, but she's like, something's wrong though. I can tell. What's troubling you? And he says. The men I was getting the medicine from, I won't be able to do that anymore because I, I, I'm quitting. I'm leaving. So I won't be able to get you medicine anymore. And she says that troubles like this seem far less troubling on an empty stomach or on a full stomach. So let's, let's eat first. So she's she's a very caring person. I love her so much. And just then, before they can eat, the members of the superpower gang that we saw in episode one, two ish, yeah. uh, come back in. Yeah, they, they, they come into the house. And they've got guns, and it's pretty scary. And Caffius yells at them to get out. Shiro, Shiro's holding him back. And he says, oh, I see you're close with your mother. I was close with my sister, too. Just like that. And he and Silas had a disagreement at one point, And then his sister was killed by Silas. So, evidently, like, he's not the best person. But, like... I mean, we're only here on one side of the story. True. Like, like by disagreement is it like the other guy's disagreement where he thought he should get more and stole more of the drugs and like that, and then it's like no, like I'm not against Silas. I'll be honest. I, I, I'm, I need to hear the other side of the story of what the disagreement was and what went down because obviously this guy's coming into this house and pointing a gun at people. I'm not sure if we mm. should really take his word at value. I see that you won't hear the other side, but that's alright. Damn. Um. Well, then I'm Team Silas. <laughs> So uh, so his sister got killed by Silas is what we're hearing. And he tells him that Silas taught him that love is nothing but a black hole. And is pointing the gun at his mother now. And Caffey's is like, hell no. That's not happening. And he asks them what they want. And Githu just yells, what the fuck do you think we want? What, what, what does anyone want whose life has been fucked up by another person? What do you think we want? And so it's kind of implied that he wants revenge. Mm. He needs revenge. Which, what kind of revenge is that? We will find out after the break. Okay. (laughs) Yay, so we will be right back. (laughs) And we are back with Sense8, Episode 8, 
we will all be judged by the courage of our hearts. Speaking of, we will all be judged by the courage of our hearts. We go to the character that kind of says it later on, Lito. We start off with Lito in this. Well, doesn't Hernando say it? Yeah, Hernando says it, but like it has to do with Lito is what I mean. Okay, fair. No, fair. So, well, Lito also says it, to be fair. Well, they both I, say it. But <laughs> does he say it in this episode or does he say it in another? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. You'll, I'll talk. It's fine. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> we will get there. It's okay. Um, so Lito and Hernando are kind of at this public meeting spot in the dark. It's night. And Lito's freaking out. He's walking around in circles, trying to figure out what Joaquin wants from them and why we are meeting here in the middle of the night. And Hernando says that it's because this is where Danny told us to meet. And so we are here. He's like, you can go wait in the car if you want. He's like, okay. And so before, <laughs> before he gets the chance, the car pulls up and Danny gets out wearing sunglasses. And she walks over to them and Hernando's like, oh, are you okay? I'm so happy to see you. Uh, he hands her a bag full of her belongings that she left at their place. And Hernando asks if she's okay. And Danny says, yeah, yeah, I'm great. But Hernando takes off her sunglasses and she's got a big black eye. Yeah, I saw that coming. Yeah, it's not it's not good. And he's like, did, did he hit you? And she was like, oh, we were negotiating. So she's trying to play it off as it's not a big deal. And she says that she agreed to marry Joaquin if he leaves Lito alone. And Hernando says, no, you can't go back. That's not happening. We're not letting that happen. He looks over at Lito, who's just silent. He's not saying anything. And Hernando's really worried and concerned. He's, he's kind of like, well, obviously, this is not, no. And she's like, I'm okay. It's totally fine. Uh, and she says, we make choices and life has a way of making us pay for them. Which is quite the quote. And Lito's like, I recognize that quote. It's, it's a line from my movie. And she says, and you were so good in that movie. So I need you to go back and continue acting because you're so good. And I'll be fine. So she puts her sunglasses back on, walks back to the car and leaves. And Hernando and Lito are looking at each other with kind of unease in their expressions. What do we feel about this? So... I'm obviously not, like, happy she's getting beat by Joaquin. Good. I was worried you would be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like she should have done this kind of sooner. Like, I mean, I feel like she kind of just got brought Alito and Hernando involved in her Joaquin drama. And now is trying to leave. And we see how it affects them later in the end, too. Like... I feel like there were other methods of going about this, and she didn't really pick the best one. Honestly, I would have been... I, I, I thought, she, like I said earlier in the first scene with them, I thought she killed him, and then it was kind of like she was on the run. I feel like that would have been better. Um, <laughs> And, yeah. So, we... We see how her presence with Leto and Hernando affects their relationship in a negative way we see at the end. And I feel like there are many different ways to go about this. Um, maybe the police, for starters. Um, and not some random Hollywood actor guy. Um, that's just me. But, yeah, I... I, I mean, it... I don't know. I'm trying to find the right way to, like, talk about this. Um, Without spoiling the future. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily. Um, but 
I think it's very telling that she says we make choices and life has a way of making us pay for them because this is just how it ends it up. Yes, they were kind of dragged into her drama, but it's not that it was like, obviously it wasn't on purpose, but like, like imagine it from her perspective. Like she's like, I just need a place to lay low. Like this, my asshole of an ex, like still a little obsessed with me and I just need to stay at a friend's house, something like that. And fine yeah whatever it's not necessarily dragging someone into the drama it's just hey could you help me out you know yeah you could stay here like things like that so you know what i mean like like she didn't necessarily drag them in i, it was I mean just i know she doesn't intentionally do it but she knew how crazy this dude was or like before that's his fault that's his fault he's no he's, i'm he's no crazy. i agree that but like if you know someone that crazy as joaquin seems to be again a restraining order maybe the police maybe do something more like legally that can like go in because like anyone you kind of, especially if you go around berate that this guy's your new boyfriend like all over the place it's not go you you know that he's gonna come back and you know try to intervene true but leto said they should do that too like they were walking around together being like this is my new girlfriend but leto didn't know how crazy he was at the time like, like i mean i mean leto probably just thought like oh she lived with her boyfriend, they broke up, and now she had to move out and find somewhere else to stay. That's probably what he thought to that extent. And then, when he met him, he's like, oh no, he's fucking nuts. Um, we should probably avoid him from now on. True. But also, I see that you're thinking about this from a United States point of view. What if they don't really do, like, well, I mean, I don't know about the legal system in, in Mexico. So, like, could she have gone to the police and gotten a restraining order? I don't know how that works over there. I feel like we're well, let's find out. Let's Where find out. Mexico, yeah, actually, that's, yes. Mexico City. You get Mexico City or Mexico? Both. It's, it's Mexico City, Mexico. Oh. <laughs> order in Mexico City. Mexico can also enforce a restraining order to protect a victim against the most serious abuses. That's good. So but she also... can. Her, Joaquin, I'm trying to think of, like, if Joaquin has any ties anywhere, because her, Joaquin has been, like, a family friend, or his family's been friends with her family for a while, and that's why they were like, you need to be with Joaquin. Um, and sh I feel like she never fully wanted to. It was only, like, they were friends for a bit, and then they got together because their parents were like, yay! No, it, um, no that part definitely seemed like an arranged marriage, sort of, or arranged, arranged setup type thing. Yeah. Like, they were kind of together for a bit, but, like... If she wanted to break up with him, she got to break up with him. Fine. But, like, he obviously didn't like that. And shit was going down. But I wonder... See, the problem here is... Yes, if she did it earlier before involving them, she could have maybe gotten a restraining order. I don't think her parents would have been super happy about that. And she would have lost, I think, some things. But I, that's a little telling for what happens in season two. But, like, I can't tell you that right now. But... From my experience, I don't think her parents would have been 100% down with her doing that. They would have been like, it's nothing. Um, but if we don't take into account that she could, could have done it earlier, if she tried to get a restraining order now, pictures would have been leaked. Well, no, that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like her knowing how crazy she is, because she says before, like, when in the last episode, she's like, well, he doesn't hit me for starters. Meaning that she has been abused by him in the past, probably multiple occasions, and I feel like she should have done it then. Feel like, yeah, this dude fucking beats me. Maybe have a restraining order. Police, do something. You know, deal with it in that sense, instead of just running away. And 
unintentionally, but still doing it, dragging others into your situation with that. Because, because now he had the pictures, it's too late, and anything she does against him will hurt Leto and Hernando. I mean, mainly Leto, but like her, Hernando as well. But So it's kind of like, and, and now she put herself in a position where she can't do anything to fight back because they will leak and she doesn't want to hurt Leto. And now this, going back with him and marrying him, was her only option. It's a very sticky situation. Yeah. I, on, I'll be honest, while I don't like she's going back with him, I, do, I will say she kind of unadvertently backed herself into a corner where that was her only option to, have, to protect Leto. And she, that's a good, she is trying to protect him. Like, she's doing that very selflessly. Yes, but she's, but she's also the cause of all the Yes, left. she is also like, the cause, but she's willing to fix it on her own. And while she shouldn't, to she totally shouldn't be going back to someone who's beating her, she's 100% doing that because she wants to protect them, yeah. not for any selfish reasons. So that's a point in her corner, right? Yes, but I guess negated by the fact that this is also her fault and she causes as well. <laughs> so, it, it, so, I mean, they, they kind of equal each other out a little bit, but... Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I yeah, it's 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 a very hard situation to go through and talk about because there's many different ways it could have gone, and there's many different reasons why there's yay, yeah, this is like a good thing and a bad thing. Like it's very not a good thing, obviously, but like a point in her corner or not a point in her corner. Like it's very uneven ground this scene, and I was very interested to see what you thought about it because yeah. I wasn't sure how to talk about it either. So. But yeah, that's that's where Danny and, and Lito and Hernando are at right now. And obviously Hernando is not super happy about this happening. But Lito's not really saying anything. He's like, I'm just going to not not talk. I'm going to let you talk. I'm just going to stand yeah. over here and let it happen. Um, but I do want to say a point to the actress who plays Daniela because she, like, she's like smiling and be like, I'm fine. And while she is, you can see like a tear going down her. Yeah, her no, I, I did notice that. Yeah. What an actress. Oh my god, that was like heartbreaking. Um, <laughs> but moving on from them, we go to Caffius and we find out what they what the superpower gang wanted because his mother and him are arguing about it. And Shiro says, "Well, obviously, you're not going to give them the girl. You already know what you're going to do. You're not going to give them the girl." And he says, "I don't know because out of like out of anyone, you should know that they're going to carry out their threats. If they threaten us, they'll go through with it." Yeah, so will Silas. So will Silas. Like, I'm like, I, like when he said, I don't know, I'm like, are you, did you not remember the guy cutting his hand cut off? Yeah, Do you not yeah, hear yeah. the story of him killing the dude's sister? Like, he will cut yeah. and kill your mother if you do this. Yeah, absolutely. Like, do not be stupid. Tell Silas this, and maybe he can find a way to back you up. He has said that, I mean, like, killing him would probably Anything be a very to her easy way to get out of that. Or something. Honestly, killing Caffius would be a very easy way to get out of that. So maybe he shouldn't tell him about it either. <laughs> if he killed Caffius, the super power gang would have no, like, no one to bring them the kids. So I feel like maybe he shouldn't tell Silas. <laughs> Shiro tells Caffius that he, out of anyone, knows that their threats shouldn't touch the things that matter. And Caffius is like, I, I must be crazy. And she says, why? says, because I feel like it's crazy to realize how lucky I am, even though we're getting threatened by, like, all these gangsters. Still, mm. I'm sitting here going, I'm so lucky. And she says, it's not crazy at all. I love their relationship. I think they're so sweet. Now back with Riley. We meet Sven, who we heard about in the last episode, I believe, or an episode ago. Um, yeah. 
who has a boat. The man with the boat. Uh, she goes over to his house to visit him, and they they say hello, they hug, and going into the house, they have drinks together, and she asks him about the boat, and he's like, oh, it's getting older, just like me. <laughs> and he tells her that Gunnar has been talking to him for weeks about Riley coming back home. He's very excited that she's coming home, and or at least he wanted her to. And Riley says that it's really nice to be home. She already feel it feels like she's living such a like a calmer life, and she feels lighter on her feet. Mm. A lot of things are off her shoulders because she's back. And he says, "We find out that uh, she was born in the room that they're sitting in right now at Sven's house." Yeah, which is kind of cool. And there's a rotary phone, and she says, "You still have that?" And he's like, "Yeah, your father calls it the umbilicus because we will find out later why, but um, it aided in." Her birth, like like they were able to like call someone with the rotary phone or something, and so he's like, I have the me and my cousin have the last two rotary phones in Iceland because your father refuses to let me get rid of it. And Sven asks if Gunnar's coming over as well, and she says that he has to practice for a symphony tomorrow. And she also asks if he can drive her around because she says, you know, I don't drive anymore. That is something you need to remember for her storyline. Mm. something happened to her and driving has to do with it does she, she doesn't drive kill anymore. someone with her car that's my theory i don't know i don't know i guess we'll have to find out yeah something happened to riley it has to do with driving and it's obviously very traumatic for her to talk about so with will and Nomi now we get a lot of information oh yes a lot of information uh, Will is at the police station with Diego first. He's looking at the CCTV footage of Nomi and Amanita visiting Niles at the um, care facility. And Will tells Diego that Nomi was scheduled for a brain operation, but escaped. And now she's wanted by the FBI. And all the research he's done for Nomi and Niles Bolger, he's showing it to Diego and saying that Niles had the same operation that Nomi was supposed to have. And now he's in a vegetative state. Mm. He's like, not not well. <laughs> And Diego asks Will how he had access to any of this. And Will says that he obtained it by using his father's old clearance codes, which is not allowed. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. That's very bad. And he shows footage of a FedEx delivery man putting a package next to Niles Bolger, who's laying there vegetatively. And he skips the footage a little bit. He's like, hey, hang on, there's more. And Niles wakes up and puts on a suit. And Diego's like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, this is... How is he walking around? And he points out the incredible coincidence that a previously vegetative man was able to leave his bed and shoot the doctor who performed the surgery on him. Because he found out that's what happened the other night. So Diego's like, look, if this is an episode of CSI, you've got me hooked. But what is the connection here? Why are we talking about this? Mm -hmm. And Will says, well, the company that employed Metzger took care of Niles and rented the van. And the most wanted terrorist disappeared as well. That, that would be Jonas. They're talking about Jonas. Jonas disappeared. And apparently they also have something to do with that. So it's very much our, our, our business. <laughs> yeah. So Diego's like, what's the name of the company? And Will says it's called BPO, Biologic Preservation Organization. You will hear those three letters throughout the entirety of this show. Okay. BPO, BPO will be a thing 
every time uh, because this is there at the heart of everything. Mm. And at the same time, Nomi's on her laptop also researching BPO. She finds out they're called BPO. And she says it's a multinational research group searching for a positive mutations in humans. And BPO is very well funded. They have money coming from DARPA, World Science Organization, and the World Health Organization. So everyone's behind BPO right now. Yeah. And Will ends up visiting her at that moment and asks how she was able to access all that information. And she's like, oh, my God, you're the guy that helped me at the hospital. <laughs> that would be me. And Amanita's like, who are you talking to? <laughs> she says, oh, the cop from Chicago standing right there. And she was like, no way. <laughs> and Will tells her that their equipment looks pretty illegal. <laughs> She's like, I don't know all about this all looks like it's not supposed to be a thing. And Nomi says, okay, well, you using your father's clearance codes is also illegal. <laughs> Touche. And Will and Nomi are continuing their conversation in two different locations. Will is asking how she knew that he was doing that. She's like, I don't know. I just do. Mm. And Diego's like, what are you, what are you, who are you talking to? <laughs> it's like, no one, myself, myself. And uh, Diego's very skeptical about, like, what, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. But Amanita's yeah. like, this is so cool. It's like FaceTime without a phone. Like, she's very <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah. I love Amanita. She is down for anything. And Will asks Nomi if she was at the shooting last night. Nomi tells Will everything about what happened. And Will's wondering if they might be getting close to something because they feel threatened enough to go out and do that. That means mm. they're scared. Yeah. That means they're getting pretty close to finding something out. And Nomi tells Will that if they don't have a problem killing their own allies, then we have an issue because that means they won't have a problem killing their enemies, which means yeah. we could we could be goners. So we need to be careful about this. And during the conversation, Will and Nomi learn some of the rules of visiting, kind of, because... He's he he's like he, they're kind of reading each other's memories. He was like, "Oh, you're doing this." And she said, like, "I don't remember what she was doing." But he, she was like, "How do you know that?" And he's like, "No clue. I have a rule book for this." Yeah, it's weird because she because she says um that she found all this information on this hard drive. He's like, "What well, what did you find on the hard drive?" She's like, "Shouldn't you know that?" And he's like, "Look, I don't know. I <laughs> just tell me." <laughs> and Nomi informs him that Metzger is paid a lot of money to lobotomize people around the world. They don't know why yet. They're just like, he goes around the world lobotomizing, like, loads of people. Mm. I'm assuming they're all sense eights. Yeah, way. exactly. That's that that's that's yeah. something you gotta think about. That's a good theory, but, like, it's pretty obvious as well. It's like, yeah. well, if if you keep popping up around us, it's more than likely that all the people you're lobotomizing are most likely sense eights. And Amadeus says that he was recruited by BPO when he was studying at a university and shows them a photo on her laptop of his class. And Metzger and Whispers are standing together. So mm. we see Whispers. And Will is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know that guy. And so, is, so does Nomi. It was like, who is this? We know who this is. We've seen him before. And the doorbell rings at that moment. So Amadeus is like, Mom, can you get that? And she goes to the door, opens it. And who is there? It's Whispers! <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> we only see him for a second in this, but he already has this like terrifying authoritative aura about him. Like his he s introduces himself as Dr. Friedman. And uh that's not his name. We know that's not his name. Mm. Cuz they said something different before. I think with Metzger he says Milton, I believe. Nelson, Mil yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he hands over a card to Amanita's mother, Grace, and he says, oh, I'm 
I'm with the uh, the, the the health something or other. Ah, he's with someone. Uh, he says BPO. Um, yeah. But he's like, oh, Nomi can't take care of herself. And we worry about her. So we're going to take her into protective custody. And she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and while they're talking in the front, Will hears his voice and is like, I recognize that voice. That's whispers. You got to get out of here. You need to run. Because uh, he, he heard from Jonas that we shouldn't look him in the eyes. And if we look him in the eyes, we're screwed. So you need to get out of here. And Will isn't in danger as much, but it's mainly Nomi because she's yeah. the one who's physically there. And Grace is like, you can't come in. But they force their way in anyway. And smart move on Grace's part. She calls out for Amanita's name, not Nomi's. She doesn't say Nomi at all. Because if yeah. they don't find her there, then now they don't have a tie to the fact that she was there at all. She just calls mm. for Amanita. And so they run off and Amanita tells Nomi the way to escape. She says, you gotta go. I'm going to stay and stall. Nomi refuses at first, but she's like, she you're the one yeah. who's actually in danger. Yeah. Like, I'm probably gonna be fine. You're the one who's gonna have a problem. You need to go. And so Nomi climbs out down to the balcony and... While she's doing that, uh, Amanita, <laughs> I love her so much. She goes into the bathroom and she makes what looks like a bloody tampon. Yeah. And she's like, mom, is that you? And it's like, no, it's FBI. FBI, what? And so they, they bang their way into the room and she's holding this like supposedly bloody <gasps> tampon. I am changing my tampon, you pervert. Get out. She like throws it at him too. And he's like freaking out. It's so funny. Oh, God. I love her so much. She is one of the best characters in this show. And so, meanwhile, while this is happening, Nomi climbs down and ends up in an alleyway surrounded by armed policemen. So Will uh, notices this, and he's starting to use the computer to find out if they're federal agents or not or what's going on, but he gets interrupted because someone comes in and says the chief needs to see you. And he's like, shit. Yeah, I, he's fucked. I might be a bit fucked here. Um... Meanwhile, Nomi's calling out for help. Will's still with her because he's kind of trying to stay with her as he's being walked to the chief's office. And suddenly, as she calls out for help, Sun sits up in bed like she's Ooh, been she's summoned. Like, oh, hello. She's like, hello? And she's like, who are you? And she's like, I was in Seoul. I was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, I'm needed. And they cut their introduction short a little bit because the police tell her to get on her, knee her knees. And they're like, oh, shit. Well, no, we're pressed for time. We'll talk about this later. But Will reads the situation and says, okay, the police are going to call for backup, which he does. He's like, and he, his right, he's right-handed, so he's going to go for your wrist. And Sun is now sitting on the ground. It's like, cool, thanks for letting me know. And she mm. takes them out the second he says, now. And, and she starts kicking ass. She kicks all their asses, because she's Sun. Yeah. And Nomi, uh, not Nomi, Will disarms one as well. And so basically Nomi's doing all this. <laughs> Well, I, I, I feel like it's Nomi's body, but it's Sun and exactly. Will's, like, mind or spirit. That's Exactly. You're catching on. It's her yeah. body doing the things, but it's everyone else doing the work. Uh, so they're helping her out of the situation. And Will tells Nomi to throw the gun, take the bike. So she grabs the bike, starts speeding dangerously down the steep streets of the Castro. And the police are following her. And at one point, she avoids the police by biking over a narrow pedestrian bridge. Good place bridge. And her way gets blocked at the end of the bridge, though. Uh, she avoids it. She weaves between cars. Good she's on a bike to do that. Because if she was in a car, it might be a bit tougher. Mm. And 
she ends up on Market Street where she hijacks a smart car. <laughs> and this poor guy who's lost his car, but oh well. I know. Yeah. No, she's like, I need to get away. <laughs> you yeah. can have this back later. <laughs> and she gets in the car and she's like, wait, I don't know how to drive. And suddenly she's in the passenger seat and Cappy is there going, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. It's so cool. <laughs> and he starts driving the car, navigates the small car throughout this high-speed chase. And at one point, they get blocked. And he's like, I remember this from a movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And he kind of, like, hits the front of the police car, uses it as some sort of ramp, yeah. flips the car, lands back on the wheels, drives away. And he was like, it worked better in the movie, but I did it! Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is so... Cool. This was the first scene where you really see more than two sensates together in one scene, and it's awesome. Just the way they filmed the scene and kind of were able to choreograph it, it's just crazy. And I love watching like behind the scenes stuff of how they were able to do this because it's just cool. It's just cool. Yeah, I love this scene. And back in Chicago, Will's in trouble. <laughs> yeah, he gets fired. He doesn't get fired. No. Oh. He gets well. suspended without pay. <laughs> Which is fired adjacent. <laughs> yeah. So he's not getting paid. He is suspended. Uh, he's the the chief is real pissed at him because he's found out he's using these codes, and he tells him to drop his badge, sign the paperwork, and get the fuck out. <laughs> so Will is now suspended, and has no job at the moment. Same. Now with Lito, he's on his set of his movie, and. He's in a graveyard. It's like a funeral. He's walking towards this woman. And she's like, you said he would come for you. <laughs> it's very dramatic. And they they kiss. They may Because he says, we will all be, in the end, we will all be judged by the courage of our hearts. And they kiss. It's very passionate. Mm. So that's when he says it. That, that's when yeah, he says it. Yeah, I'll be on a lot of the fake movie stuff. I don't really pay attention that much. So. Okay. Yeah. But. Well, that's when, that's when he says it. It's in the yeah. movie. And... The men all draw their weapons on him as they're kissing. It's very, very big, very dramatic. And then the director yells, cut. Lito asks for another take, but the director's like, no, it's, it's beautiful. You need to have courage in this. You're, it's beautiful. You did so well. Uh, also, your friend's here. <laughs> and he turns around. He's like, oh, my bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, thanks. And he goes over to him to talk. But before that, we cut to Kala. And she is walking out of her, like, it's the, I don't know what it's called, temple? place of worship yeah. and um menendra is there he shows up it's rajan's father and he's talking to her about he's being a little insensitive he's he's saying oh people say think it's luck and it's faith but like without the will to make the right choices luck would be as meaningless as that elephant-headed god over there and people who uh you know worship this are like primitive and just silly and i'm like it's making her very uncomfortable because this is her place of worship and you can't like it's very rude to walk in and just to talk to her like none of this is real yeah. like the like it's very insensitive very and she's it's very icky and she's like okay let's let's not talk about this here because it feels wrong to talk about this here let's go somewhere else because yeah. i i don't like that this conversation is being had in this area and before we go back to Kala, we go back to lido and Hernando's upset. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh God, is he gonna is he gonna leak the photos? Did Joaquin talk to you?" And he said, "No, no, no, and nothing like that." He's like, "Okay, is it Daniela?" And he said, "In a way." 
In a way, it's Daniela. See, it's not 100% Daniela, but it's whatever happened with Daniela that led him to think about things. Yeah. That's why they broke up. And he tells Lido that he loves him. He loves him so much, but he can't be with a man that allows someone else to be hurt in order to save his career. And a lot of stuff has led to this, not just Daniela, but Hernando was always already a little sad that he couldn't like be with him all the time and be open with him. But this was like the big thing that really made him think. Hmm. And Lido tries to convince Hernando that it it's her fault, not his. Which it started out that way, yes. And it was her decision to stay with Joaquin, yes. But the fact that he didn't say anything and allowed her to be hurt and in pain all the time made Hernando feel like that this is very wrong. <laughs> when he said it was her fault, I thought he was talking about her taking the pictures. No. He's talking about the fact, the decision that she made to stay with Joaquin. He says yeah. it, it, that was that was her decision, not mine. And he's like, I understand that, but in the end, we will all be judged by the courage of our hearts, which was mm. the line from the movie. He's like, it's a stupid line from a stupid movie. He's like, no, it's it's not because he's like, I, he's like, I don't know what you want me to do. And Hernando says, I don't know what you want to do either. I don't know what you should do, but I all all I know is what I have to do. And I, I feel like I have to do this because I, I, I can't, I can't condone that. I can't be with someone who's fine with that happening. So they break up and Hernando's walking away from Lito. He's calling after him. He even calls after him quite loudly. So at this point, he kind of wants to be with, he wants Hernando not to break up with him as much as he wants to keep this hidden. Because otherwise he wouldn't have been screaming after him like that. Mm. But the fact that Hernando's walking away is making him realize this is the love of my life and he's walking away from me. So I'd rather scream his name than anyone behind me be noticing it. You know, he wouldn't have done that otherwise, but he loves him a lot. So what is your stance on what's going on here? I mean, it's, tough mm. it's one of those classic where i don't think either of them is really in the wrong here because it's like lito wants to keep the relationship secret hernando doesn't really want to keep it a secret and if that's where you both are at the same time it's not gonna work it's not gonna work Unless and one he was of you sort is of willing okay. to change it which i don't think either of them really are at this point mm. and it's ultimately gonna end badly until one of you is on par with the other he was sort of living with it, like being okay with like just not being out as a couple. But this just made him reevaluate everything, I think, mm. of just like you're you're totally fine with someone being hurt all the time for us. You're totally fine with someone being in pain. And that's not the person I fell in love with. Like I don't I I would have never if I knew that you were gonna do this. Mm. So Hernando is a very like moral person. And this is just not okay with him. I think that's yeah. what that's what it ended up being. So it's not like Daniela as a whole, but like it made him realize that he needs to not be with someone who would do that. Mm-hmm. That's why I said in a way where it has to do with Daniela. But uh, our last scene, we, we, we are with uh, Kala and she's yeah. speaking to, yeah, she's speaking to Menendra as they're walking down the stairs. And he's telling her that he doesn't feel she should marry Rajan. He gave her their, he gave them their blessing originally because his son loved her. But he says, I, I, I've decided to change my mind and I need you to tell him. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to tell him that I changed my mind. You go ahead and tell him that 
you no longer want to marry him because I think that's the only way that he will relent is if you say it yourself. And he knows that she does not love him and that he shouldn't have given his blessing in the first place. And so this whole thing happening where she fainted at the wedding is just luck and they need to take advantage of this luck to cancel it. Which I... He's not wrong. Like that, He's like, not wrong. As, as much of a dick as he was being in the previous scene, everything mm. he's saying at this point is completely true. He is not wrong. She doesn't love him and... And she's also right that she should tell him that and that he should say yeah. he should not want to marry him too, which... Because she hasn't been. And and if she doesn't love him, she should tell him. Which we have been saying for a bit. Yes, that is right. She doesn't love him, so you shouldn't be getting married to someone that you don't love. Um, Well, at least in her case. Because it's very much weighing on her. Mm. And yeah, he's not wrong about that. He may be a dick, but he's not wrong about that. Yeah. And it may be for his own selfish reasons, but he's not wrong about that. Yeah. Uh, before Kala can give her response, however... A group of masked assailants yeah. arrive at the top of the stairs, daggers ready. It's a stabbing party. It's a stabbing party. They walk down the stairs and they're each stabbing him in the abdomen. It's a shock. It's a deep shock for Kala, who just I was also is very screaming. Shocked. Holy shit, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of terrifying. Um, so he's being repeatedly stabbed by these masked men who are, who are running off. And Kala's screaming. He falls down the stairs unconscious and she runs down checking to see if he's okay while calling for help. And that is where the episode ends. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. So, who's our MVP? I think I know mine. Yeah, I, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. Three, two, one. Son? Done. Yeah. Yeah. Part of me, a very small part of me wanted to give it to Daniela, I'm not going to lie. But, um, son. I mean, she helped the girl, like, she tripped the bully girl in prison to help the other girl go out and paint. And then mm. she fought She fought the girl, but also didn't want to fight. She was trying to be reasonable, but when she came at her, she was like, okay, fine, this is all in self-defense, wah, wah, wah. Exactly. And also helped Nomi in the end with, like, all the others. So, like, she was very great this episode. Oh, yeah. The, honestly, she's great all the time. And, like, it's going to be very hard to find somebody, like... It's usually Sun, honestly, because she's, like, such a kick-ass, and uh, it's going to be hard to find other people to, to give the mm. VIP. If she's not in the episode as much, then it's very easy to find someone else, but, like, she's yeah. consistently good. It's very much giving knock energy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you want your grade on the last episode? Sure. All right, so you had five vibes plus title. Let's see. So the title was We Will All Be Judged by the Courage of Our Hearts. You said it was Caffius. That was a good guess, though, because I can see why you said that. Because mm. <sighs> he, he totally would say that. But, like, it feels like it's a line from a Van Damme movie. But, no. It's lethal. Uh, but don't worry. That's not part of your grade. Um, <laughs> I Don't Want to Hurt You. You said was Wolfgang. Was not. Who will I want to hurt you? Son. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you got that one wrong. Uh, Kiss. You were misled. You were very misled. You said Wolfgang and Kala. I, I was like, ooh, dang it. Like, I mean, they had more development. I was expecting it to come soon. They did have a little more development, but also Kala is very hesitant to get in a relationship with anybody. Yeah, but I thought maybe she thought this was like her imagination still. She'd be like, oh, who cares? It's all fake. You know, whatever. And then we'll do it. I don't know. 
imagine. Uh, no, <laughs> that was that was a Riley and Will, uh, a breakup. I I nudged you into that one. Oh, you said Lita. <laughs> a group effort to help one sensate. I I asked you to just name a sensate that they help, and you said no me. You are right. Yeah. And someone not a sensate gets stabbed like a lot, <laughs> and you said yeah. that had to do with Riley. You were wrong. You thought it was yeah, her father. No, I was wrong. It was Kalath and Menendra. So, new vibes, my friend. New vibes. I don't know why I moved this page to the back if I'm doing the vibes anyway. <laughs> okay. So, the next episode is called Death Doesn't Let You Say Goodbye. Ooh. Mm. This actually involves two senseis, so I will give you two chances here. So, my first thought is Kalath. Like, if Rajan's dad is actually dead. And mm. if she's like, you know, maybe comforting him and saying, like, oh, death doesn't mean you have to say goodbye or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my first guess. And maybe Wolfgang, too, if Felix is, doesn't wake up. Like, maybe they're talking. She, again, she says them. She's like, hey, you know what? Like, if even if he's dead, it doesn't really matter. Like, or whatever. Mm. The, the quote was so Kala and Wolfgang. All on Wolfgang. Okay. So your first vibe, you have four, is my favorite conversation in the show. And I'll elaborate a little bit on that. I was going to say that. I need more info. (laughs) You need more info than that. But this is probably my favorite conversation in the show. Uh, Two sensates have a conversation, so I will give you two chances for this as well. And it's the same kind of instance where, like, someone needs to have a conversation. And so another sensate feels that and pops in and being the one that they definitely would benefit having that conversation with and each sensate shares a story about their past and what led them to like where they are now and it helps that one sensate uh kind of feel a little better maybe about the situation maybe not honestly it might hurt but like judging by what happens later in the episode but this conversation was such a deep and beautiful conversation. They have it in an art museum, I will say that too. It's, it's so I think Riley's lovely. one of them. Riley. Because she has her traumatic past we don't really know much about. Mm-hmm. Which we need to talk to someone about it. And we're going to throw a wild card, maybe Wolfgang. Riley and Wolfgang. I don't think they've interacted yet. And I think they've, you know, Wolfgang had a hard upbringing, we know. Mm-hmm. So I think those two interacting would be interesting to see. That would be interesting to see. I agree. Uh, Your next vibe is a change of heart. I'm assuming Leo has a change of heart about Daniela. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Next, a hint at a backstory. A hint at a backstory? Not not a hint, but like more of a backstory. Just not as many flashbacks or full story as we can get. Just a bit more of a backstory. Riley again? Mm. Well, that wouldn't make no 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 no. That wouldn't make sense. If I if I picked her for the other one, that would make sense. But that's the only hint here, and then the full one back there. Uh, um, maybe no me. I don't really got her full backstory. Okay. And your last vibe is depressed. Depressed? Someone's depressed. Well, I feel like a lot of people are depressed. True. (laughs) But someone is very depressed. 
sun. I don't know how long she's staying in solitary confinement for, but... True. Those are your vibes. Okay. And I will tell you right now, just as a, a, a just as a fun little hint, uh, you did absolutely horribly in this. <laughs> yeah, I figured. So we will see how this goes. <laughs> I think this right. is the worst you've done yet, to be fair. <laughs> well, I, I did get all, everything wrong once before, so... Mm-hmm. Have you? Shit. Alright, I didn't yeah, realize. It's not As I was going down, I just went, yikes. Um, so <laughs> Alright. So those are your vibes for episode nine. Death doesn't let you say goodbye. Okay. And then we'll see you. We will we will see you for uh yeah, episode nine. It should be fun. Okay, episode ten, cool. by the way, I, I did want to mention I'm not we're not there yet. But I will give you a disclaimer before we do episode 10. So in next week's vibes, I have to give you a full ass disclaimer. So like hot damn or like more? No, no, not hot damn. <laughs> not hot, If it was hot damn, I would fully tell you. But no, I will have to tell you what happens in the scene. Because do you remember when before we started this, I was like, just to ask, are you squeamish? <laughs> and I said, no. Okay. But I have to give you a, a disclaimer anyway, because I worry you don't know how far this can go. <laughs> I can go pretty far with shit. Okay. Okay, we'll see. We'll I mean, I actually... Well, now that you say it, I, do, I actually don't want the disclaimer. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, fuck it, I don't want the disclaimer. No, I really do want to give you the disclaimer. Please let me do this. No, I don't, want it. I don't want the disclaimer. I would be surprised. Because if I know about it, I'm going to be more prepared, and then that's kind of like, bleh. I'm going to be expecting it. I don't want to expect it. I want to be like, oh my god, what is happening? All right, fine. I won't give you a disclaimer. But you yeah. you asked for this. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I, I fully asked for this. Whatever happens, I will... <laughs> this is be... not my fault. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not on you. It's fully on me. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, so we will see all of you for Sense8, Episode 9. Um, Death doesn't let you say goodbye.